0: Well, hey, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of Faith and Friends. I'm your host, your sister in Christ, and your biggest fan, Georgia Brown. And here on Faith and Friends, we talk about all things faith with our friends. And as you know, if you've been joining us, if not, welcome. Welcome. We're glad you're here. We are currently in a prayer series. As we look at Matthew 6, break it down as truly the model, the template of what Jesus has given us to come to our Father in prayer. The one thing the disciples asked Jesus to teach them was how to pray. And so to continue in this series, we are talking with the one and only Joshua Broom as he helps us understand, deliver us from evil. And as we understand this with him, man, all he has to do is share his story it is a powerful one how jesus truly took him from death to life from the porn industry to now a pastor an evangelist now of god's word of truly falling in love with the heart of the father and understanding what it means for him to be a son and for god to love him as father and i pray that this conversation just meets you right where you're at today sweet friend you are loved already the father sees you and he loves you and he knows your name i pray this conversation blesses you it sure did bless me so let's dive right in mr joshua i am so grateful for who you are i'm glad to know you exist and I seriously can't think of a better person to dive into this conversation with as we just continue in this prayer series here on Faith and Friends about what this model prayer that Jesus gave us in Matthew 6, it ends with this statement, deliver us from evil.
1: Yeah.
0: And, you know, a lot of us probably don't really understand, okay, what does that mean? And I think just the power of your story, where the Lord has brought you, like, my gosh, it explains this phrase in scripture, Beautifully. So tell all the friends who you are.
1: Yeah, my name is Joshua Broom. I have a ministry with my wife called Finding Hope, and I serve on the executive team of this amazing uh, ministry here that it happens in this building called Share the King. So we are passionate about equipping people to share the King so that multitudes of people all over the world can come to know the hope and the joy that is found in the person of Jesus
0: isn't that powerful? I mean, to the nations. What's so incredible is social media is like an outlet to do this each and every day where the world would like to tell us, oh, it's such a dark place, which that is very true. But what you focus on, you see more of. Like, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, like driving down the road, seeing a car, and then all you see is that car driving around. Is that Uh, just a me thing? Or do you ever Oh, no.
1: So there's actually, um, I've actually done this um, as part of a talk. Uh, like several times. So I'll, I'll say to the audience, like, okay, um, you know, look around the room and find um, something that is blue, like find everything that's blue, find everything that's blue, 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 blue. Okay. Now close your eyes. We're going to count the 10. And then when I say 10, I'll say, say the first thing that you saw that was red and they'll be like, uh, and it's like where wherever your focus is, 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 you know, you won't see anything else. And that's what it's like being on social media. If, if you are, you know, uh, on social media for the good of God, proclaiming the good of God, um, surrounding yourself with the good of God. While you might be in a dark place, you you won't be distracted by the things that don't matter.
0: That's good. I love that (laughs) analogy. And it's crazy to me, too. I have a friend that said his explore page is just all food videos. And I'm thinking, my gosh, I don't even see a food video on mine. And so truly (laughs) your phone Sometimes I feel like knows you better than you do of like, oh, you liked this. You stayed on this video for eight seconds. Let me get you another eight seconds and all this stuff. And so truly what you feed your mind, you become in time. And this generation needs to be focusing on the right things, the things of heaven and not the things of earth. And so take, take us back to your story, like young Joshua growing up now. I mean, you're a father, you're a husband, you're a leader, you're a pastor, man. But it wasn't always this way. There was the Joshua before Christ. And that is a very powerful tool for the gospel of Jesus.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. So I grew up in a super small town in South Carolina, pageland south carolina uh self-proclaimed watermelon capital of the world uh you know seed seed spitting contest and uh watermelon pageant watermelon parade um all that good stuff but uh just super small town but i say that to to, to set the stage for what i say next because it'll make more sense but my mom had me when she was 16 and the town that we were living in was so small even though that um, the person that was my father, he didn't chose. He didn't choose to be in my life um, or my home because the city was so small. I mm-hmm. would see him in the grocery store, and I would see him at the gas station, and I would I would see him in town. I knew that person was my father, but he ne- he was never my dad. Yeah. And as I grew as I grew up, um, I became more and more aware of that, and that impacted me more and more because. Most of the people that I was around, they had somewhat of a, a normal family dynamic. You know, their, their dad was at the, the games that I was playing in. They talked about playing catch and learning different things from their dad. And I really didn't have any kind of male ro- role model growing up. And as I got older, I had this high achiever personality, which is a great thing. If it points you in the right direction, if it causes you to operate in excellence, to pursue your passions and your dreams, but if it causes you to believe the lie that you need to prove yourself, you need to earn your value, um, you need to validate yourself through achievement, it can be incredibly toxic. But that's where I found myself. I found myself, I had like I didn't want to make good grades to get into school or to obtain knowledge. I had to make the best grades because it made me feel mm a certain way. Or, um, you know, if, if I scored the most points in the game or or if I got the girl that was the most popular or whatever, like it was conquest after conquest, after conquest that gave me momentary relief from this just gaping hole in my heart. And that behavior, it followed me into college where I was very promiscuous partied a lot. Um, did unfortunately what many people end up doing in college when they're removed from a level of uh, accountability and, and they have a different environment if they don't truly have uh, just a really strong understanding of who they are as a person. And then I ended up studying theater for a while. And then I moved to Hollywood to pursue acting and modeling. And I found myself, um, you know, I got an agent and everything was fine. And you know, I, I I didn't need anything. And um, most people who end up where I ended up, their, their dynamic was there were abuse in their home or they experienced um, something really traumatic. Something led them to making the decision to be in the place that I ended up. But for me, um, three girls walk into this restaurant that I'm working in because um, work like living in a very expensive place as I was 22 at the time. Um, you know, I, I didn't manage my money well and I, I would make decent money, but it was sporadic. So, mm-hmm. uh, money management, um, and being responsible wasn't a forte of mine. <laughs> and like many people who live there, you have to get a job to mediate your expenses. And I was working at a restaurant in that restaurant, three girls sit down and they say, Hey, Would you want to be in the porn industry? And I was pretty shocked by that because I knew what porn was, but like being in the industry, like I didn't even like at that time, I didn't even rationalize that being an option. Mm. Like I didn't see that as something that was real. It was almost like so bizarre that it was fictitious And then I had real people really inviting me into that world. And I guess my curiosity um, and the combination of not really having just a firm grasp of who I was led me to say yes. So I met with their agent. They introduced. they asked if I wanted to meet with their agent. That was my next step. And this agent said, I can make your name famous. You'll make all this money. You'll do all this stuff. And what I heard was, um, in my head, it's just this uh, introspective conversation I was having was, well, um, maybe I'm not good enough to make it as a, you know, a, a regular actor or model. I've, I've had some success, but the people around me were having more success. so that comparison game caused me to believe, well, maybe I'm just not good enough. And then what he's offering me, um, it, it sounds like it'll be an easy win. And even though I knew it was a compromise and I knew it was something I didn't want to do, um, the desire to feel valued um, and the affirmation that he was giving me that, and that um, I thought would come from it, it outweighed my reason because I didn't have... There, there wasn't anything bigger than myself mm. that I was leaning on. So I, I said yes. And I did one movie... And that one movie led to within a few weeks. Um, so the movie that I did, it went viral, and um, my mainstream agent found out. Obviously, like that doesn't align with the code of conduct that I that I signed. She lets me know I can't represent you anymore. Few 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 days go by. My mom's calling me saying, "Hey, um, your uncle heard at work that you were." doing these adult films is this true and I'm having this embarrassing guilt-filled conversation with my mom that just really stunk and um, I just found myself like really embarrassed and confused I didn't know what to do and then um, the agent calls me he's like hey I would love to offer you a long-term contract and I think so many people will end up at this crossroad where you made a mistake and you allow that mistake to define your future because you feel like you're stuck, mm. but it's actually not true because what I could have done I said, yeah, I did this thing and it did interfere with all the plans that I had for myself, but I didn't have to continue doing that. Mm. And it's really easy not to have the fortitude or the resilience to pick yourself up and dust yourself off and, um, you know, do something else with my life. But in, in retrospect, like I was 22, like I, I I could have easily did that. But this, um, the reality that I created based on my guilt, my shame and how I felt in that moment was, well, there's nothing else I can do. And I decided to say yes to that contract and what that ended up was me being in that industry for six years. And I did over a thousand movies. And at the end of that career, you know, during it, I thought um, while I was in that industry, I was like essentially lying to myself to make myself feel good where it's like, well, you know, if I make a certain amount of money, I'll feel good about myself. I'll find happiness. If You know, I'm again, I'm high achiever personality, like sticky notes are my best friend, like (laughs) marking through something like uh, probably in an unhealthy way fires me up like a lot. But, you know, I was like, if once I eclipse a million dollars, like I'm going to celebrate, I'm going to treat myself and I'm going to be so happy because I accomplished that goal. And I was happy for a moment, but it didn't stick. And that led, led me to depression mm. and that depression started to amplify. And then later on in my career, I thought, well, if I win the award that says like you are the best, I was like, okay, like that would solidify like my, my value that will make me feel good about myself. And I, and I did win that award. And when that I won that award, it just crushed me because in, in that moment, I knew I didn't feel like, it didn't feel like I thought it would. Mm -hmm. And when it didn't, there was nothing else to accomplish. I had traveled the world. I had made the money. I had everything that I thought would lead to happiness, but it actually led to a place where I'm like, well, I've ruined my life to a point where I I didn't want to live because I believed in a very real way because of the way that I lived my life. Who's ever going to take me seriously? Mm -hmm. who's ever going to want to spend their life with me? Like, sure, I could marry someone and sure I could, you know, impregnate someone and have children. But do I have the capacity to be a father? Mm -hmm. I'd never seen it. I've never experienced it. And I thought because of what I did, that disqualified me from that. And that disqualified me from being a husband. And that disqualified me from being someone that could, you know, contribute in any capacity because my passion is to create things to impact people in a positive way. That like that is who God wired me to be. And I thought, well, those dreams are gone. Because who's ever going to take me seriously? And who's ever going to be impacted by someone like me? And man, I, I I was broken and I was ready to give up. And it's so funny the way um that God wires you. So for me, I'm like checks drive me crazy. Like I've got to get them out of my hands in the bank as soon as possible. But, you know, praise God for mobile deposit, you know, like snap that bad boy. It's out of my hand. It's done. But for some reason I I had this last check and I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to cause myself self-harm, but first I got to go to the bank and deposit this check. Like it makes no sense. But I go in this bank, Georgia. And, um, it, it, I mean, the, if, if anyone's listening right now, like just know like how powerful intentionality is when you engage with someone, because mm. I put this check on the table. I slide it over we, the transaction happens and I go to leave. And she looks me in the eye and says, Joshua, are you okay? Mm. Joshua, is there something I can do for you? And what she didn't know is that I had isolated myself from my friends and family for so long that I hadn't even heard my name in over a year, because in that industry you go by a pseudonym, so Joshua had died to mm. a certain degree and didn't even exist. But when she spoke my name, the existence of my feelings, my my uh, my hurt, and and even more so, like with my mom, like all my mom wanted to know was, "Am I okay?" Yeah. And the reason that I pushed her away was because every time I would talk to her, she would say. Joshua, I love you, but you're so much better than this. You're capable of accomplishing so much with your life. You're so, you know, she would just like affirm me. But at the same time, you are better than what you're doing. You are better than the life you're living. And I say that to you not to to hurt you or demean you just because it's true. And that's what love looks like. And then in that situation, when someone calls you out like that, when someone gently rebukes you like that, you you have two options. You either say, okay, you're right. And say, thank you for, for, for saying that with me. And then you, you, you start living different. You start walking in a different direction or you push that person away. And that's what I did. So when that person said my name, it was the first time I heard it. In over a year from anyone, like my barber, people at the gym, everyone in like in the studios that I would interact with, they were only calling me by my stage name. But when that bank teller said my name, like mm-hmm. snapped me out of it. Wow. And um, I, I went home and I started to weep and weep. And I called my mom and we had this like snot filled <laughs> conversation oh. full of tears. And um, and like she always did. She's like, I love you. Just come home. And I, and I did. And that's the, you know, that's the day that I left the industry and um, and then I go home and I'm like, okay, well now what, you know, yeah. I, I've been in, I've been in this industry. All I, all I'd ever done was like sporadically, like worked in a restaurant and did modeling and acting. So it's like, I had like little to no resume and randomly because I loved fitness. I had gotten this like, these credentials to coach CrossFit. So literally that was my only option. <laughs> and I applied to a bunch of gyms in proximity to where my mom lives. And I got a job at a gym in Raleigh, North Carolina. And I started working at that gym and I worked my way up. And even though I was hurting inside and i um, just so overwhelmed with, um, how I was feeling because even though I was removed from that situation, um, I, I, you know, I tried to sweep it all under the rug. I, I changed, um, you know, I shaved my head, I covered up my tattoos, I deleted my social media, I moved from, you know, Los Angeles or Hollywood, California to, you know, Raleigh, North Carolina, and I thought like if I did that, I wouldn't have to face the pain of what I did, mm-hmm. but. The internet is very real and people are very cruel. And um, it was a day before someone recognized me. Mm. And, the th- and the life that I thought I'd left behind that I would never have to deal with followed me everywhere I went. And it was just a moment. Of, it was just a matter of time. So every time I would meet someone, I was one Google search away from someone finding out who I was. And that didn't stop me from lying to people though. I would lie until I got found out and then I would just deal with it whenever that would happen. And that and, and that was such a difficult time in my life, probably like one of the darkest times of my life because I'd left that industry, I'd reconnected with my mom, but I didn't deal with the mm-hmm. turmoil that I, I had caused in my life, like the mental and emotional trauma that I experienced being in that industry. I didn't really realize how detrimental it was to me until I was out of it, you know, like sometimes you don't, you don't realize how bad you're hurting until you can feel the pain. And that, and that's where I was. And I went through that for about two years of just running and lying and getting found out. But at the same time, somehow my, you know, my work ethic and my love for people allowed me to excel in the, in the health and fitness space. And, um, so I'm there and then I meet this girl and I ask her out on a date and she says, no, and that was, you know, that, that, you know, I was pretty bummed about that. And then later <laughs> she was like, well, we can go for a run. And I was like, I don't like running, but I'll run with you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Yeah. And we, we met for this run and um, I just like heard my mom's voice in my head. It's like, don't you dare lie to that girl. Mm. Don't you dare. Yeah. And I was like, I can't, I can't hurt this person because I had hurt so many people because of my unwillingness to face the things that I did. And, um, and it, it was, it was so relevant at the time. Cause like, I just won like, you know, two years prior, I just won like performer of the year, whatever. And the way the content comes out, it, you know, someone that's, you know, very, someone engaged in that industry, it would, you would think that I was still in the industry because the movies were still coming out. So, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to tell her. I'm just going to tell her everything. And I and I did. I told her everything. And um, she didn't say anything for a few seconds. You know, obviously, was pretty taken back by that. And then she's like, she looked me in the eye and said, you know, a person's not defined by the worst thing they've ever done. Mm. And a person's not defined by the greatest thing they'll ever do. And then she said, I believe God. God defines who a person is. Do you know who God is? Mm -hmm. And I'd spent my whole life, um, you know, with this first date mask on um, it. And I explained that way. And like, I didn't know who I was, but I was really good at pretending to be whoever I thought you wanted me to be. Yeah. Because I just wanted you to like me Mm -hmm. because I didn't know who I was and I hated myself. So I was like, I can't be myself because you're not going to like that person. So just tell me what role to play and I'll do that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was like, oh, you, do I know God? Sure. You know, I, and then I listed off everything I, I thought that I knew.
0: Mm. And then she,
1: and then she pressed in a little more. She's like, well, you know, what's your prayer life? Like, are you plugged into a church? You know, are you like part of a small group? Things like that. I'm just like, I've got no idea what you're talking about. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Different language.
1: Yeah. I, I was like, I, I, I don't know. I have no idea. And, um, she's like, well, I gave my life to the Christ when I was in seventh grade, my mom, dad, brother, and sister, are all Christian. Um, I'm not perfect by any means, but Jesus is the foundation of my life. And, uh, my relationship with him is contingent on everything I do.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, do you like tacos? I was like, excuse me. <laughs> she, I mean, she's like quickly pivots. She's like, this is who I am. This is true about me. Jesus is the foundation of my life. So um, what's your favorite food? What are some passions that you have? Um, what what are some things that you hope to accomplish? And I was like, what? <laughs> like, you don't want me to leave? Because wow. I thought for sure, if I told you the truth, you're gonna take you're gonna tell me to take a hike. Yeah. And instead, she genuinely like was interested in in me. Mm. And she was like, Well, that your behavior doesn't define you. <laughs> And I believed that my entire life and we, we had this conversation and, you know, we, we text all week. And then on uh, Sunday rolls around, she invites me to church and I go into church with her and I'm like, man, um, whatever allows you to respond to what I said like that. It's like, I need to know more, <laughs> you know, yeah, I need to yeah. know more. And um, we go into church and there's this like giant um, like, wooden placard when you walk into the church and says we want to love people where they are and encourage them to grow in their relationship with jesus christ i was like i've heard some stuff about jesus seems awesome love me where i'm at no way wow no way um and i i truly thought i didn't belong there
0: Mm. and
1: we sit down and you know I'm, I'm, you know, theater guys, it's like it's a bigger church, you know, aesthetics are great, you know, yep. lights, music, all that all good stuff. All the things. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, yeah. And I'm, I'm enjoying myself. And then, um, I, I, went to church like a little bit growing up, but it was like really stiff, um, Southern Baptist, um, it's like, you know, if there's a, if there was a wrinkle in your shirt, you're going to hell, you know, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like um, so that, and that's just what I remembered. And then this guy gets up on stage saying he's the lead pastor and he's in, you know, a nice t-shirt, jeans and boots. And he's saying that his life was transformed because of the relationship that he had with Jesus and starts telling the story about, um, David and Jonathan. And when Jonathan died and David took over as King, David asked, is there anyone left in, um, Jonathan's family? And they're like, yeah, my m- um, uh, Mefibosheth, like Mefibosheth, was the only remaining member of uh, Jonathan's family. And he sent his guard out to look for him. But Mefibosheth, he thought he was going to die because historically the previous kingdom would be wiped out because they didn't want him to think that anyone in that previous family, they didn't want them to think they had access to this new kingdom, but David was different. And he yeah. sends a guard out looking for Mefibosheth, and he finds him and Mephibosheth thought he was going to get killed. Instead, David invited him into his home, gave him a seat at his table, and even restored his land that he previously had. And then he pivots. It's like, well, you know what? Um, we all are actually guilty of sin. Yeah. We've all we we all fall short. Mm-hmm. And because we've all sinned, Romans six twenty three says the wages of that sin is death. So we're all guilty, and we're all Deserving of death. Yeah. So there's a there's separation between you and a holy and perfect God because God can't be in the presence of imperfection. So there's a bridge that we need that we can't build on our own because it has to be perfect. So mm-hmm. what are we to do? Well, God sent his one and only son to this world and to live the life that we could never live. Jesus being fully God and fully man, he lived a sinless life and he died on the cross and he paid my debt and he paid your debt. If you put your faith in him and he didn't stay dead, he rose on the third day. And if you, and if you, you know, you confess with your, your mouth that he's Lord and you believe in your, in your heart that he was raised from the dead on the third day, you'll, you'll be saved. And I hear this message and everything I thought I knew about God was just obliterated. Wow. I thought (laughs) I had disqualified myself. And the truth is we're all disqualified and there's no way to god but through christ and i'm like why would he die for me mm. because he loves me yeah because he loves me and um and i found in that moment the father that i was longing for my whole life mm. i i i figured out that he loved me and he wanted yeah. me and yeah. the holy spirit did something in my heart and i gave my life to jesus and I've never been the same. No, know? And, uh, that, that was eight years ago. That was eight years ago. And, wow. um, three days after that happened, I got, I went to a church and I'm like, Hey, I've got the story I want to share. And I, I shared three this, days. Yeah. Three days after. Wow. And, um, and I, I got connected with this pastor and he walked me through, um, how to teach the Bible. We're supposed to meet for 30 minutes. We, we met for like three hours. And then we started meeting like 15 to 20 hours a week. And then um, we didn't, there wasn't really an internship there, but we created an internship based on, I just wouldn't go away.
0: Yeah. I and love then,
1: it. I'm um, just fell in love with the word of God because yeah. like take, like understanding that God loved me and understanding that he expressed his love for me through the person of Jesus Christ. And Jesus said that not a dot, not an I of, of my word will pass away until us all fulfilled. And Jesus took, Scripture mm-hmm. seriously, so I decided to take Scripture seriously, and I mm-hmm. fell in love with the Word of God, and it tore down every lie that I believed about myself, and I built a foundation of truth of things that were true about me, about myself, and I just loved the Word of God so much that I ended up going to to Bible college, and um, you know, studying biblical theology, and ended up you know sharing my testimony a few times, and then. Yeah started preaching and teaching and I've uh, been doing that for about five years. Um, amazing. And then my, my wife and I, we started a nonprofit two years ago. And that's like really when everything is taking off.
0: That's insane. Like, yeah. Glory <laughs> to God. Like he, yeah. he is so good and he is your father. Like all I could think about, I thought about the prodigal son. I thought about, you know, the woman with the issue of blood when she was called daughter and, and just the yeah. power of, of your name and the fact that you were on a search for identity and there were so yeah. many crossroads and, and what's so beautiful is he never left or forsake for, for you. Is that a word?
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know,
0: like, seriously, he was with you and he is your father. And heaven that loves you. And we come to him in prayer. He wants us to come as his children because yeah. he is our father. And it was so funny. The, the Holy Spirit put this on my heart to look up like, what does the name Joshua mean? That was like the only thing I did this morning yes. like, to prep because yes. I was just so yes. excited. Say it. Come Say on. It, so it. in Hebrew, this according to Google, your name means God is salvation. Yeah. And so the name that was literally spoken over you that is truly the thing that is spoken over you most, except for that season that you were in where yeah. you weren't being spoken over as God is salvation, yeah. you know, like that is so powerful. And so for that bank teller to yeah. say, Hey, this is who you are. Do you yeah. remember him? Like, this yeah. is who God called you to be. It's so powerful. And so I just, that's so cool that that yeah. was, you and know,
1: what I, and what I love about, you know, the very first thing that you said, talking about, um, we're, we're, as we pray to God, we're, we're yeah. asking God to deliver us from evil. Um, the very promise that the enemy made to me was that I would make your name famous. What, but, but what the first thing that happened was I actually surrendered my name and it was my name Ooh. that called me out of the darkness Come on. and drew me to the light
0: that's amazing and so i think our friends just need to hear today like you are significant your name has purpose who god's called you to be as a son as a daughter as whatever your name is georgia means farmer and i'm like okay yeehaw let's go plant some seeds lord like i may not be able to see the harvest but that's not my job i'm just called to plant them you know and so it's so beautiful and so know who you are know your identity as a son as a daughter and so man Oh, to the friend who is at a crossroad as we just wrap this conversation up, to the friend who's at that crossroad in their life yeah. of I could give in to, to sin, but the wages of sin is death. Yeah, I could choose the death, but the free gift of God, which is eternal life through Christ yeah. Jesus, I could choose that. But like you said, it is so hard sometimes if you are isolated, if you are not in a church, if you don't even really know who Jesus is, but you even just have this moral compass of, I shouldn't be doing this. What encouragement would you give to that friend?
1: Yeah, um, I, I, I just wrote this down just before this. And I think there's, um, well, number one, you need to know that God wants you and you were mm. designed to know him. Um, and if you're someone that knows him and you feel like you're at a crossroad, crossroads and you're confused, um, there's three enemies of your calling. And when I, when I say calling, I don't mean uh, your career. I don't mean uh, what you do for a living. I meant who God made you to be and what he called you to do. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's comparison. Comparison leaves you feeling either superior or inferior. Neither honors God. And complacency. It's easy to feel like you're stuck, but you're never actually stuck. Mm -hmm. We always can move. Faith in itself is active, and we choose to move away from sin and move towards God. That is when God moves with us. Yeah. Um, so again, so faith is not active. Um, faith is active. It's not passive. God cannot bless you unless you're willing to take the first step. Mm. And then convenience. Um, your calling will cause you to be stretched. Sometimes God instructs us away from what is comfortable and familiar and draws us into the unknown because that's where he that's where he can work in our lives. Yeah. Um, I love this story in Mark really quickly. Jesus says, Hey, um, the, the disciples are gonna get on this boat and they're on this boat. And then while they're on the boat, there's the the wind and the waves and the storm, and mm-hmm. the d- disciples are freaking out. And they're like, Where is Jesus? And Jesus is asleep. And they go to wake him up and they're like, Jesus, save us. Christ. And he gets up and he says, you know, peace be still, and everything stops. But if you look back, I think it's verse um, 32, but um, Jesus, it was Jesus's idea to get on the boat. Mm. He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. He's all knowing. He's all powerful. He knew the storm was coming. So sometimes the storm has to happen so that you'll rely on him. When you're in the middle of the storm and you call out to God and you turn from relying on yourself and trying to do it yourself, and you surrender your whole life to God, it is in often in turmoil where you'll see God the most clearly, and he'll take you to a place that you never could have gotten on your own.
0: It's amazing. You were his idea. Yeah. That's so beautiful. I love that. I just am so happy. God's word is so (laughs) good. And it's so evident that you, you love him, you know him and you are his and he is yours. And I'm just so grateful for you, your ministry, your beautiful family. I love following you. Glad to know you exist. So where can all of our friends find you now that they know you exist?
1: yeah yeah so i am joshua broom
0: yeah
1: um on all social media um there's a lot of fake accounts so if there's, if there's no blue check mark it is not me um i'm not asking you to donate to an orphanage in uh some small <laughs> uh you know uh, it, yeah, it's such a terrible thing you. yeah
0: Don't. and
1: i i would never i i would say the word beloved but i would never refer to a, a stranger as beloved, I would never use that language. So, if someone messages you, anyone, me, beloved. a fake, a fake Georgia Brown account, yeah. anyone, if someone messages you, say, "Hey, beloved, uh, we we want you to sow into this ministry so that we can give you yeah. back blessings. Uh, you you can't pay for God's blessings. Come on, uh, they're too valuable, and uh, no one talks like that. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's right. But
1: but yeah. So I am Joshua Broom across the board. Um, you know. Instagram, TikTok, all that good stuff, but yeah. And then my ministry, um, you you can find all my ministries on joshuabroom.me.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much for this conversation. It has blessed me. And I know all of our friends listening have found some freedom and some hope and some encouragement. And so God bless you, Mr. Joshua. You're awesome.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Wasn't that a beautiful conversation? I am so grateful that Joshua is our brother in the Lord. Isn't his story just so beautiful? It makes me love the Lord more and more. When you hear testimonies of his children that just share of God's faithfulness, what God does for one man, he does for another. He is no respecter of persons. And so I pray that this conversation encouraged you to know that what God has done in Joshua's life, he can do the same in yours he is with you. You are not too far gone. And all these little forks in the road, you have the choice to choose him. And he is with you. He sends his angels regarding you, says Psalm 91. He loves you and you are his child because of Jesus. And so say yes to him today. Say yes. And so before we go, I just would love to pray for you in this area of our lives. Lord God, I thank you for your son, Jesus. I thank you that truly he is the atonement for our sins and that he rose again, God, so we can be in right relationship with you. And God, I truly thank you that as he taught us to pray, As he taught the disciples and we read these words throughout the gospels and specifically in Matthew 6 of deliver us from evil God and throughout the Psalms we see Psalms of deliverance God. I just pray that we would continue to be sanctified that beautiful fancy word that just makes us more and more like you Jesus that each and every day us as your children would come to you and say Lord clean this area out in my life make me more like you today Lord. God, I thank you for the identity that we have as sons and daughters of the kingdom of God. I just pray against any scheme of the enemy that is trying to come against us to kill, steal, or destroy the calling or the identity. And I just bind all lies of the enemy and we just send them back to whence they came to never return, God. I thank you that your word does not return void to you, Lord. And so I just pray that The words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be pleasing to you, Lord. That your children listening to this episode truly would have their hearts softened and their spirits encouraged to know, oh my goodness, I am so loved. The Father forgave Joshua. The Father can forgive me. I am not too far gone. We are not defined by what we have done, the worst thing, or just as Joshua's wife said we are not defined by the greatest thing we've done either. So Lord God, I thank you that you are the one who identifies us and calls us out of the grave, God. I thank you so much. And so I just pray that this podcast episode will go forth, that truly it would change lives, God, all for your name's sake. And so I thank you for each and every friend that listened to this episode. I pray it blessed them and meet met them right where they are at, Lord God. You are so good and your mercies endureth forever. Lord, I echo in your prayer for us that you want us to be delivered from evil. Lord, deliver us from evil. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Y'all, thank you so much for joining me in today's episode. I'm so grateful. This prayer series has been so fun. I pray that it's been so good for your heart too. So please just add this podcast wherever you listen to follow us. And if you're on Apple, please give us a review. And if you're on Spotify, give us five stars. We love you so much. And I cannot wait to see you next week. We're going to continue in this series. We have so many more fun conversations to have with our friends and talk about our faith. So until next time, do not forget, there is a song on your heart only you can sing. Your voice is important.